Well, good morning, and uh, it's really good to see you all, and welcome. And um, it's a very special morning this morning. And just to be clear what we're going to do to explain to both, this is a dedication, it's a special time, and it's a time when we can bring a child to present before the Lord and to thank the Lord, and also to help the parents to be able to pray for them, and this is not a baptism. Now just to explain, a baptism according to what God's Word says is a time when someone realises their condition before God. When they see that Jesus is the one who died for them. And then when they make that commitment and they come before the Lord and take Jesus as their Saviour, then when they are baptised, that is a demonstration, a public demonstration and an illustration of what has happened to them internally. doesn't really change them. They are saved by their faith in Jesus. And that baptism for a believer is to show friends and family that they identify with Jesus through the waters of baptism, like death and then resurrection. But for children, they can't make that decision themselves. So they need to be guided. They need to be taught. They need to be helped. And until that time when they can make that decision to... There's a baptistry back here. That comes off and we can go down below. But for the youngsters, we're here to thank God for them. To present them to God. And to ask God's help as we continue to bring them up. So it's really good to be here. Now, we're going to start with um, a hymn, but before I do, I just want to say a special welcome to Jamie and Mandy, and uh, we know them well, but a welcome also to their family, and it's really good to have you here this morning. So what we're going to do, we're going to stand and sing a hymn. It's hymn number 691, 691. This is the day that the Lord has made, and this is the day that the Lord has made. And it's a great day. It's a special day. And we're going to stand to see. And as we do, we ask that you will open our hearts and our minds 
to what you have to say to us throughout this day. Father, we do thank you for the, the opportunity to be able to have the children here, to be reminded of how important they are to us, but more than that, how important they are to you. And so we ask your blessing upon them. And our Father, we ask that you just guide us as we take the responsibility to lead them and guide them as they go through life. And our Father, we pray that part of that responsibility will be that we will introduce them to you. Our Father, we ask you to continue blessing upon us now as we gather in the name of Jesus. Well, what we're going to do this morning is um, we're all together here. This isn't just about um, one little girl, a lovely little girl she is. And it is very much about her, but it's also about us. And we all have a responsibility. We all take part in this. And so I've asked one or two people to read the scripture to us. And we're going to start with a reading. It's from Luke's Gospel. It's Luke chapter uh, 2, and it's verse 22 through to 34 and Matthew is going to read this to us and the reason we do this is we want to share God's word together so that we can understand why we meet together and why we do the things that we do sorry can you say Matthew I thought it was Luke no it's Luke Luke, That's okay. Luke chapter 2 read verse 22 when the time came of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, he was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents had brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for the revelation of the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Thank you, Matthew, for passage was from Luke, as I said, and the person who read it was Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why did we read that passage? Well, we just passed Christmas. We all know about the birth of Jesus. We celebrate that time. But you know, there's a responsibility, a responsibility for the family. And they had the responsibility not just for the child, but a responsibility to God. And so this is how they did it then, according to the Old Testament law. They took the child to the temple, the place where God is. And what they did, they thanked God for that child. They gave a gift to God. They weren't very rich. They, they gave the poorest possible gift they could that was presented to God in thanks for the child. And also, it was a reminder to them about their responsibility. And also, you know, when that child, that special child, was presented in the temple, that child was recognized as the Messiah. That is great. That is tremendous. What does that do? That reminds us of the responsibility we have to children. Yes, the parents, but not just the parents. Each one of us. It's great to see the youngsters. It's great to see them wandering around. That, that doesn't bother. I don't mind even if they cry. That's what they're supposed to do. Because they can speak to us through that. They tell us that they need us. They tell us that they love us. They tell us that we have to care and love them back. 
No, it's really good that Jamie and Mandy are here with us this morning. And as they recognise their responsibility to Renee, we're going to see that. And they're going to publicly show us that. And we're going to be able to share with them. I want us to listen to what God had to say in the book of Deuteronomy, that's in the Old Testament. If you have a few Bible time, if somebody can find Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. And when you find it, just shout out the page number. Uh, a few Bibles of these. Um, I've got one here. Page 131. Page 131. And I'm going to ask um, Stuart to come and read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through to 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. But you Stuart, and as you know, Stuart is our organist. Well, you know, there's a reminder there that this, those words were the words of God. And he was telling us about how we should treat our children. Treat them the way he would like us to treat them. To teach them. To teach them the word of God. To teach them the ways of God. You know, it's heartbreaking when you see so many children suffering and being mistreated. They weren't listening to what God was saying. No, it was that they need us. And without us, they will suffer. And you know, we as people, we need God. And without Him, we suffer. Tremendous lessons here from God's Word. I'm going to ask uh, Benga to come and read. He's going to read from Mark chapter 10 and it's verse 13 through to 16. Have you got the page number for that? And um, Benga's going to read to us now. 714. 714. Good morning, everyone. Then they brought, then they brought the little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. Thank you, Ben. You know, that, that's a, a, a beautiful demonstration of the love that Jesus has for all of us, including the children. The disciples, they tried to stop the children coming. They thought that they were too unimportant to bother Jesus. But you know, he took the child, he took the children. And we don't know what he said to them, we only know that he blessed them. Can you imagine the scene? He probably would have gathered the children around, maybe taken one on his knees, maybe spoken to them in a very simple childlike way. Spoke about God. You know, like we tell the Bible stories in the Sunday school class. Maybe you've heard them when you were younger. And maybe now as an adult, you need to maybe understand the depth of those stories. But here, it's the beauty of the love and care that Jesus has for all of us, including the children. You know, I'm going to ask um, Jamie and Mandy to come and stand. And I want you to stand. 
Swedish school game. It's a bit of a like a wedding Jamie and Mandy, do you thank God for the gift of this child? Do you accept the joys and the duties of parenthood? Great. You promised to give local care to your child and to bring her up in the light of the gospel. What names have you given your daughter? Renea, Luna, Madeline. I always struggle with the <laughs> So if I get it wrong, you can <laughs> challenge me and take me to task later. We know who you are. Renea. Now, it's not just you two and you three who are involved. All these other people are as well. So, so, to you, all of you, do you promise to offer Renea and her family your love and care? We do. And join with their parents in sharing our Christian faith. We do. That was a bit quiet. We do. Thank you. That's much better. Now, I'm not going to take Renee into my arms because I think she'd wriggle too much. <laughs> and I think she prefers to sit on this little uh, donkey, is it? We've got two here. That is great. But listen, listen, listen. I'm going to speak to her anyway. So this is really. Renea, Luna, yes, that's you. We welcome you in the name of the Lord. And although you've walked away, <laughs> we're going to bless you. But we're going to say something special for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and give you peace. And we can all say, we can. And we are, yes, we're talking to you. That's great. So we welcome you. And we'll all say this together. Renea, Renea, we welcome you. We welcome you in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. And you know what she wants to do now? She wants to sing a chorus. Don't you? You want to have a sing because you have, and she does the actions. So she's really good at these. So we're going to do that. We're going to have a sing right here. We're going to get some chorus out, and you can sit down. That's great. And I think you parents. You need a big hand. Because it's not easy bringing children up, is it? It's hard. And there will be trouble times. There will be different times. But love each other as you go. And the little one here, what's her name? What is this little girl? Nyla. Hello. I'm blessing on you as well. And we've got a little and big one, big one. These are big ones. You know, look at this here. <laughs> he used to be down here. And it wasn't long ago. Right, let's, uh, let's have a seat. So we're going to start with A, B, C, D. Come on, Jackson. Come to the front. Great to see you. Oh, I shouldn't have said your name, sorry. We're going to say A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And when we get to our men, we're going to shout it as loud as we can. Okay.
God is so big. Next, and we'll do this through twice as well. And this one is uh, where we talk about who God is and how great he is. And this is another favourite of Renee's, I believe. So we're going to sing together. Oh, God is so big, so strong and so mighty. God is so big. Thank you all for that, it was great. You know, for some of us, that might be the only exercise you get that we can do that. <laughs> well, enjoy it while you can. Let's just pray. Father, we do thank you for the, the, the time we can spend together in your presence, for the joy of it, uh, for the fact that you are here in our midst, and you love each and every one of us. And Father, help us to see that love as we look at your word for these few closing moments that you can speak to us through it as we come to you in the name of jesus amen, amen. well this morning you know we've been reminded of the responsibility that we have towards each other that's important you know sometimes we forget that we sometimes we just are so full of ourselves we don't think about other people, but we need to. And we've been reminded that we need to be responsible to the young ones, to the children, not just our own children, other children. You know, this is a hard world that we live in. It's a cruel world, it's a simple world. And we can't deny that. So we need to be together, we need protection. We need love, we need care. We well, you know the greatest love and the greatest care that we need is not the love that we have from each other. We do need that. But it's the love that God has for us. You might not feel as though you're loved by God, but you are. And because of that love, there is a responsibility that we have 
towards God. We do have responsibility towards those who love us and care for us. And this is what I want us to consider in these few moments this morning. And I've got a couple of questions we can ask each other. One, do I try to show God how good I am? <clears throat> or do I tell God how much I need Him? If you have a few Bible, turn with me to page 740, and we're going to turn back to Luke's Gospel. And we're just going to take a few moments to look at this passage. And it's Luke chapter 18, and I'm just going to go through verse 9 through 14. And in this passage, Jesus challenges the self-righteous. In his day, it was the Pharisees, those self-righteous people who thought they were perfect. And he challenges them. You know, the dictionary definition, I like to do that. I like to go to the dictionary and look at words that, words I know, but it just gives us a fuller understanding of those words. Self-righteous person. What is a self-righteous person? Who is a self-righteous person? The dictionary tells us this. One who is totally correct. You've met them, haven't you? They're always right. And morally superior. You've met them as well, haven't you? Oh, I live a lovely, clean life. I am morally superior to you. And you know, I know more than you. Because I am self-righteous. And you know the truth? Sometimes we are all like that at times, feeling that we are self-righteous. Good. I want to think about this this morning. As Jesus challenges these Pharisees, verse 9. To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. And these people needed this parable. And you know what? We need this parable as well. Every one of us. <coughs> Two men went up to the temple to pray. They were in the right place. They were in church. Good place to be. Where God is. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee. And the other a tax collector. Oh, you know, in those days, those words would have been said like this. One was a Pharisee. The other one was a tax collector. Do you get it? But they're both in the temple. They're both in the place where they should be. And they are both there to meet with God. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulteries or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. That's a lot more than you needed to, you know. I give a tenth of all that I get. That includes all the little things he got. In his case, not just his money, but his herbs. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Get the picture? Do you see it? Let's stop for a moment as we consider this parable. It's a parable. It's a story with a meaning. A parable is a story with a deep meaning. It's something simple, something for you to understand. But behind it is a deep, deep meaning. Both men came into the presence of God. They were in the temple. They came to pray. One man is full of his own importance and sees himself as being 
better than anyone else and in his opinion he is so good so good that God can do nothing other than accept him to open the door of heaven and welcome him because of how good he is of all the good things he does all the the, 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 the things that he gives the other man knows that he's not even fit to be in the presence of God when he comes into the presence of God you know some people think I'm not good enough to go I don't care how worse or how bad or how evil a person is they can still come into the presence of God as this man did and as we all did too as a guilty sinner and what did he say God mercy on me a sinner one man says look at me come on God I'm totally correct and I'm morally superior and I have earned your acceptance so you've got to open the door of heaven and welcome me in the other man said you know what I'm not always right. Sometimes I am. I don't always do the right thing. Sometimes I do. You know, I, I, I try to be as moral as I can. But I'm not perfect. And at times, I am immoral. I do immoral things, I have immoral things. tell you that this man that is the tax collector I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God for all those who exalt themselves will be humble and those who humble themselves will be exalted Jesus is talking about two <laughs> One will be accepted into heaven. In the language of the day, God's kingdom. The kingdom of God. That's in the gospel, particularly in Matthew, we have a lot of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. That is heaven. But you know, the kingdom of God starts here on earth. The final place is heaven. But it has to start here on earth. One goes home self-satisfied. Why? Because he's trusting in himself. He's trusting in his own efforts. And he thinks that God should accept him simply because of who he is. Doesn't work like that. One man goes home justified. Why? Because he's trusting in God's way. Now you're going to ask me. How does this possibly fit in with what we've been doing as we welcome Renee, brought her before God and asked God to bless her to her life and to guide her parents and for us to take on that responsibility. How does that affect us? Well, we read on in, in Luke's Gospel, Luke 18, if you've got your Bible, you can read on. And in verse 15 to 17, this is what we read. And these things are linked together, these two parts of Luke's Gospel. And this is what we read. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. This is it. 
listen to this for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these get that God's kingdom heaven belongs to such as these truly I tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter Think about that. What is Jesus really saying here? He's not talking about being childish. You know, we use that phrase a lot. And you know where that phrase is ending? Most times it ends as an adult. Yeah. It's been ending to me. Well, don't be so childish. Go ahead, man. Hey. <laughs> probably be said to me again sometime because I'm a little bit of a practical joker and some of my practical jokes are appreciated and some of my humour is quite I suppose, you know deserves somebody to turn around and say to me, don't be so childish but he's not saying childish he said childlike ah, there's a big difference there childish this is what he's saying. But what does he mean? By being childlike. We've been looking at it this morning. Look at the children. What are they like? The great humble. But the humble. They need a lot of help. They can't do it on their own. They need a lot of love and they need a lot of care. They need direction. Childlike. This is an illustration of humility. This is an illustration of faith. You know the children believe in you. They have faith in you. They're humble. They obey you. They, while they're children, they do it most of the time. And they trust you. How do we know that? Okay, somebody make a big bang up here. Somebody make a big bang noise. Where will these children go? They go straight for the ones they trust. Because they've got because they know where the love is. Because they will humble themselves and bury themselves into your chest so that you can protect them. And they're dependent. And that's what Jesus is saying. You've got to come. You've got to be childlike. You've got to have faith. You've got to recognize your weaknesses. You've got to see that there's strength in other, and in this case, strengthening him. And we can depend on him because of who he is. So back to the two in the temple. In the presence of God, we're not to be self-centered, self-reliant, by God is to come to God through him and what he did. We speak of the gospel, the good news. What is the gospel? What is the good news? That Christ died for sinners and then rose again to go back to his Father in heaven. And then for those who would come in true repentance, recognizing who they are in his presence, 
guilty sinners, and every one of us is a guilty sinner. If anybody wants to tell me that you've never done anything wrong, stand up now, and I'll challenge you. Because just by standing up and saying that, you've done something wrong. You've lied about yourself. Look at that. This tax collector was honest in the presence of God. He knew who God was. He knew who he was. And what did he do? He didn't come to God and say, look at me. He said, God, I need, I need you. I need you to come to me. Not to look at me. I need you in my life. You know, I'm going to finish. We've run towards the end. It's been a really great time of blessing. Thank you. For, for letting us enjoy this time with you. It's been a real privilege. And it's great to see you really is. It's really good. What I'm going to just mention probably the most famous verse in the Bible. Okay, before I say it, uh, probably some of you will have it going through your mind. And as soon as I just say the, the, the reference, you'll know that even if you don't know the verse. John chapter 3, verse 16. But before I do that, I'm going to give you a verse just prior to that. John chapter 3, verse 3. This is when Nicodemus, the Pharisee, who was probably quite proud, came to Jesus at night because maybe he didn't want to be seen. Or maybe he's working overtime, he's only come at night, I don't know. But he came at night and he asked the question. Basically, he's saying, What do I have to do to get to heaven? I'm a teacher of the Lord, I know the scriptures, I know everything. What do I have to do? And Jesus, in a very simple way, said, you must be born again. And you know what he said to him? He said, so because you know the scriptures, and now I've told you you must be born again, go back and look at what the scriptures say. Go and search. Nicodemus search. Nicodemus found. If you go to the cross, you will see Nicodemus was one of the two men who took Jesus from the cross and laid him in the tomb because he went away. He looked at the scriptures that he thought he knew so well. He saw himself not as this proud rabbi, but as a guilty sinner. And he understood exactly what Jesus said. You've got to be childlike. Do you get it? Do you get the relevance of what we're doing here this morning? What we can learn from this, such a, uh, a simple thing, but it means so much more. It's life-changing. It's not only life-changing, it's life-giving. And I'm not talking about his end. Yeah. Verse 3 of John 3, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one. Not even you, Nicodemus, as clever as you are, as upstanding as you are, as moral as you are, as well respected as you are in the community. No, Nicodemus, you've got to be humble. You've got to see your true condition. You've got to come by faith and trust. Like Rene does, to the ones she knows love and care for her. And that brings us to John 3.16. I'm going to close with this. For God so loved the world. That's you and me. Yes, do you love the world? It's a horrible place now because it's sick-ass. But God loved the world. How much that he gave his one and only son. Why? That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I don't want to close on the back of the rest of you. Young, the choruses and the hymns were chosen right, for us to sing this morning. And that one we started with, you know, this will be the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we can rejoice and be glad in it. And that's what we do. And we're going to stand, we're going to sing hymn number 708. And this is, this is great as well.
to God be the glory. Look at the words as you sing it. God be the glory for great things he hath done. So what do you want to be great? show some of your love to them. 
Now, Father, we pray especially for this family this morning. We pray for Jane, Mandy, that you will just encourage them and guide them as they seek to bring up their child. And our Father, we pray for Renea. Thank you for the, the fact that we've been able to enjoy this time together with her. And we ask that your blessing will remain on her. She might come to the point where she too will accept you as her Savior. Father, we commit these things before, before you. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Let's all say the grace. May the grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all forevermore. Amen. And thank you, Lord, for including all of us in this. God bless you. Just to give you the notices, and we don't meet on Wednesday for our Bible study because of COVID, but what we do is uh, we've been going to the Book of Job, and we will send out some WhatsApp talk, and we meet on Zoom at 7 o'clock. The talk will go out about half past five on Wednesday. We do meet back here next Sunday at 11 o'clock for our morning service. The baby toddler group is back up and running, and that's on a Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And the kiddies book is on at seven, uh, quarter to seven on a Friday evening. And also there will be daily talks going out each day on the WhatsApp. So um, that's our notices. And uh, it's good to see you. Uh, thanks for all those who did the readings.